had this job I would basically I can call it snitching like I had to write down who were being noisy when the teacher left the class and when the teacher came back she would hit the kids that I had written down. You're listening to Chemical Voices, a podcast exploring the lives of BIPOC, transracial adoptees and survivors of complex trauma. Hi, I'm Jaslyn, your host, a nurse and trauma release practitioner curiously observing the human experience. As a black woman and survivor of human trafficking, I've encountered many, many hardships. On the road to recovery, I discovered that storytelling unites us at heart and is where we find healing, inspiration and encouragement. In each episode, you will hear stories from courageous souls and we will touch on subjects such as identity confusion, the impacts of racism, complex trauma, transracial adoption, and much more. How do we rise amid trials and tribulations? How do we invite softness into our lives? We touch on these and many other questions, so tune in to experience transformative storytelling and let's heal together. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, we have a very special guest in the studio. It's the first guest. Hello. So I'm extra excited. It's Amanda Hahunu. And she is very special to me because I met her, was it a year ago? Yeah. Uh, in a group for minorities. Yeah, therapy setting. Yeah. And Such a special group. Exactly. <laughs> And um, we've been on a journey together, and that's why she's uh, special to me. And today we will be talking about... I mean, the world is ours. We'll be talking about a lot of things, but definitely the black experience and the multitude of that. Exactly. The levels of it, because being mixed, being mixed a certain degree, and what is black really? Like, mm, I feel like there's a lot of topics we could hit. Exactly. (laughs) So welcome to you, you. Amanda. I'm Mm -hmm. very happy that you said yes to be a part of this. It's my very first guest. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm so excited and nervous. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) me too. (laughs) Um, So um, who are you? Tell us a little about yourself. So I'm 22 and I work as a horse trainer. Yeah, I'm a little hillbilly girl by nature, by heart. (laughs) I love horses. I love nature. And at the same time, I wish that I could have like a black horse community, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, you can feel a little bit lonely in that world. Uh, but other than that, I am mixed uh, from Togo and I've actually also lived in both Niger and Benin mm-hmm. in uh, West Africa. And uh, yeah, my mom is sweet Danish white lady. I mean, her soul is so pure. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I think... On the journey, like the same year that we met, I think also she learned a lot about me mm-hmm. um, and all my uh, experiences. And yeah, it's just, I mean, it's already getting a bit... <laughs> because that, that that group was so special. I think it brought up so many things. And uh, I f- yeah. feel like for me, it was so important to be a place like that. It was the same for you when you entered, like... Yeah, absolutely. Being in a room with so many black people who have 
so similar experiences absolutely even though we're different genders and colors and stuff we i mean really bonded all of us we did we all went through it we all were on a journey yeah and it was a big deal yeah you know and yeah it was that's why i you know began this um episode saying that you are special to me because <laughs> that journey we all embarked on mm. was life-changing for me Um, me too. I definitely uh, got some of the oomph that we talked about earlier <laughs> the, from you, like having mm -hmm. to, because uh, we talked about how, how do you say, like, how do you speak up when mm -hmm. you experience racism? And it can be a look, it can be microaggression, it can be something bigger, it can be, it can be whatever, but how do you speak up in a way that feels true to you? Mm -hmm. And I remember being really sad about how much I internalized it. Mm -hmm. And also being mixed, I had this feeling of like, I'm It's not just for me to say that I've experienced this as well. Like I was almost in my head invalidating myself mm -hmm. because ah, it can't be that I'm also experiencing it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was so important to see the way you spoke up and how proud you were to speak up and how angry you would be if you didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely took a little mental note and <laughs> applied it. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, that's what I've been doing the past year is just trying to stop invalidating myself and to speak up for myself even if it's just st staring back as mm -hmm. we did like the daggering eyes shaking my head like huh what's your problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hello you're looking i'm looking back yeah uh, yeah so that's what i've been doing and that's a bit about me i think mm -hmm. yeah i'm also french so i speak i learned french before i learned danish and then i learned english afterwards mm -hmm. But, like my french is a a little bit uh, rusty, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> But I did go in a French-speaking school when I went to when I were, lived in Benin, because both my parents were like stationed there in a sense, mm -hmm. like working for e the EU. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was definitely something else. Because when I'm there, I'm so fucking white. I swear to God, yes, and I have so much, many more privileges, like a different life. Wow. Yes, yes. I was one of the, you know, three white kids at school. But when I'm here in Denmark, I was like the one out of two black kids at school. Wow. <laughs> okay. I really liked what you shared then. Yeah. Um, let's dive into that. Yeah. So may I just ask, what do you identify as? Let's start yeah. there. You know, it's, uh, it's even hard for me to say. So I could <laughs> imagine it would be hard for other people to to know how to address me or how to speak of mixed people. I think it's it's very individual how you like it. Um, and for me, I'm figuring out how I like it. It's still a bit of a, you know, fluctuating thing. Mm -hmm. um, I like the more neutral words like multicultural or, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I sometimes saying that I'm mixed. I say it more so, so other people know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I wish I didn't have to. Like, mm -hmm. I wish I could just say, oh, I'm multicultural. Or, or that I didn't even have to say anything, really. Mm -hmm. um, like, and I also wish that we had a term for being black and Danish. <laughs> mm -hmm. I so wish I could, you know, grab that. Because I feel like if I lived in in uh, in the USA, I would just say that I was African-American. And mm -hmm. it wouldn't be an issue. But I, I have a hard time saying what I am here. Mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely know that when I walk out the door... I don't already I don't always have the privilege to choose who I am or how people see me. Mm -hmm. 
but like I I love multicultural I love a little bit of that because it sounds neutral and it sounds intriguing like then people can be genuinely interested mm-hmm. genuinely interested in in who I am mm-hmm. and like because I love when black people ask me where I'm from then I'm like yeah, yeah I can tell you I'm mm-hmm. from Togo right <laughs> but like when white people ask you you're like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm multicultural. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say something like, "Oh, my dad's French," and then they're like, "Oh, they're they're black in in France, <laughs> really? <laughs> not really? So, yeah, damn, yeah, surprising. Yeah, yeah not really, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, back to what you shared before about you know the way I hear it is. You're actually experiencing two different worlds. Yeah. One where you are not black enough mm. and the other where you are white and you get to experience all the privilege yeah. of that. So can you explain a little bit about that experience and the mm-hmm. challenges within that experience? Yeah, I think very much when I lived in Benin, it was... I was a, a stranger in the same way I'm a stranger here, or like a Frammel, I don't know the mm-hmm. word, like, yeah, foreigner. A foreigner. Yeah, that's the right word. Um, but it's so different, and it's definitely to do with uh, me being lighter. Uh, but when I was in Benin, the the view on foreigners is not the same as here in Denmark. Like, people are so much more open and, like, interested. Mm-hmm. And there's not this, like... I don't feel like I was being kept out or I was guard, like they were guarding their own culture for themselves. Like I was just a part of it the way that I was. Mm-hmm. I remember being uh, more happy in my skin and in my like, I think maybe I was just less aware and that's also a privilege. But mm-hmm. when I was just surrounded by other black people, I I just, I, I didn't have the same feeling that I that I have when it's the other way around. Like mm-hmm. when I'm here in Denmark and I'm surrounded by a lot of white people, it's it's almost frightening. It's scary. I'm like, where do I get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the difference is is really big. I my mom, being a white mom, she said to the to the principal that because like French typical French culture, you hit the kids. And they did it in school as well. Um, my dad was the same way, um, like discipline, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so she told the, the principal, my, I don't want my daughter to be hit or mm-hmm. my kids and my brother as well. And uh, and the principal was like, okay, 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 sure. Um, but then I had this job. I would basically, I can call it snitching. Like I had to write down who were being noisy when the teacher left the class and when the teacher came back, she would hit the kids that I had written down. No yeah. and way. I, yeah. I had such a hard time like doing, doing that. And also knowing that I was, I, I would be cop- uh, that I would inflict that on other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure they, I, as a, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know how they felt, but I remember writing it, down very reluctantly and very sparingly if I could who asked you to write these names down like what 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 was it, it was I'm my so job because I didn't get hit so I I just I just got that job I was like six years old wow yeah so because your mother went to the principal yeah and said I do not want you to hit my daughter yeah. you became that role 
Wow. <laughs> I still have the, like, I have the books because it was a very, also very school, uh, tough school mm -hmm. vibe. So you would, there were like competitions, rankings every month, and you could only write with a, with a, not a pencil, but a, you know, a, a thing you can't erase. What's that? Like a cool uh, pen. What's that? In That's English? a pen. Oh, is that a pen? Okay, yeah, a pencil that you can't erase at least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we wrote only in that and it, we could not erase. It was so strict in that way. And um, and yeah, and then my job just became to be, t to be that person who kind of, I was helping them enforce that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Let me see what you... But that's also a lot of responsibility to put on a child. Very much so. Um, like you have to, is it called tattletale when other children are misbehaving and seeing the teacher come back with a ruler and like hit hit uh i, I remember seeing blood on on one of the kids uh, hand on their palms wow yeah and i don't remember if that was because of something i did uh, that i had written the name down or if it was a different thing but i just remember seeing it so vividly i was like oh damn yeah uh and the reason why i mentioned those like uh, books and where we, we would write, I still have them. And I still have on the back of the, the pages, there's all the names. There are all the wow. names of the people I, like the kids I wrote down. Wow. The other six-year-olds and seven-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that the culture definitely had a part in it because I don't think it, it, it's normal to hit, to discipline hit. Wow. Yeah, both in France and because Benin was a French colony, mm -hmm. I think, interned that as well. Mm -hmm. so it was just very normal it was outrageous that i had the privilege to not get hit but i don't remember the kids being angry at me or anything like that i don't know if i tuned that out or if it was just like yeah i honestly don't remember do you think it was because your mother was white that yeah i think it definitely had a role i maybe another black parent could go up and say i don't want my kids to be hit but i don't think it would be taken as serious be as like, I don't think they would take it as seriously mm -hmm. as when my white mom went up and said it. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely implemented because she was white, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, <laughs> having to see all those names in the back of my, mm -hmm. I just remember I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I felt like such a bad person. Yeah. And I was like six years old when I was doing it. <laughs> I can't believe that anyone would ask, a that, ask that of a child. Yeah. I mean, it's traumatizing. It's it's just no you you no hmm. just no, don't put that on anyone <laughs> no first of all yeah. but definitely not a child like mm, exactly but okay that was the culture yeah i think mm -hmm. I, I don't think i necessarily felt better when i was there but i think there were so many um kind of frames around my life it was very boxed life and also we went to school twice a day and wow. yes the only day we didn't go twice it was wednesday <laughs> mm -hmm. and i lived like uh, 50, me 50 meters from the school, I would mm -hmm. get walked uh, with my nanny would walk me, mm -hmm. uh, me and my brother, and we could never go alone because there would be cars uh, waiting to pick up kids that were sketchy. We were told that there was like pedo and it was like a private school. And oh, no, yeah, like everything was very I don't know how I wasn't like depressed, but I think <laughs> I think it all hit me later mm -hmm. when I came back to Denmark and I had such a shock, like culture shock. Mm -hmm. Now 
oh damn now you get the you get the ruler babe mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah so you got to experience the the you know the way they were punished in, mm. in their hands mm. you got to experience that when you came to denmark yeah. in a very different way very much so so can you explain a little bit about what did you experience once you came to denmark and how oh how old were you then yeah the timeline is i'm born in i was born in denmark and then three weeks later or something my my mom she just came to denmark to to give birth to me and then uh, moved back to niger mm-hmm. and then i was there for like three three and a half years mm-hmm. then denmark for a year um i remember going to kindergarten i had some friends and stuff but then i moved back to africa and mm-hmm. benin this time and i was there until i was maybe seven mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I remember the first thing where it kind of hit me that I was different mm-hmm. was that the friends I had when I was in kindergarten, they didn't want to talk to me anymore. Oh. Yeah. And they would run away from me when I came up to them. And uh, I remember thinking, like, later I've kind of thought, what what was that? Like, did I smell black now or did I smell African? Like, why were they running away from me? Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, I, that was one of the first thing where I was like, holy, wait, mm-hmm. I'm not quite understanding what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I think just over the years, it became very evident that I was very much different. Oh. Yeah. The yanking of the hair. Can you feel anything? The like saying it was a museum, putting pens in there, putting stuff in there. People just, you know, the typical touching of Afro hair. Mm-hmm. Just, I had that just way throughout until I stopped going to school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think it was pretty clear to me. And then also knowing that I had experienced it the other way, it was very hard for me to kind of feel what I was feeling. Like mm-hmm. I had a hard time, as I said in the beginning, to validate myself mm-hmm. and... I still to this day have a hard time doing it because I don't want to sound like I I have it oh so tough because I know I'm skinny, I'm light skin, I'm tall. I know I have like all those measures from this stupid society. Mm. <laughs> um, so like, it's also, why don't you feel better? Huh? Come on, girl. Mm-hmm. Like I'm way too tough on myself. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. most of us are, to be honest. Yes. So you mentioned before it was hard for you to feel the way you you felt, mm. you know, the, the, these emotions that you were carrying. Can you go? Can can you try to go a little bit deeper into that? What did you feel once you, you know, you was in seventh grade? You came back. Mm. You, you know, you noticed that those you went to kindergarten with and that you considered your friends were no longer your mm. friends. Uh, how did that make you feel? What did you go through that time of your life? Funny enough, when I've become older, I've kind of been wanting the same energy I had back then because I was so angry. Mm-hmm. I was like that kid they said at the school, uh, you know, with the, the the evenings where the parents go with you, mm-hmm. uh, kind of your report. Mm-hmm. They would say, um, yeah, Amanda is a, a great student, but uh, she has a lot of temperament. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she needs to learn to like pick her fights a bit more carefully. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember me feeling that now I'm like, I wish I would do that because I'm, I've gotten so much more reserved. Like I'm not, I'm not outwardly angry anymore. And surely because it didn't get me anywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it just, 
I just encountered even more racism mm -hmm. from being so, I mean, mm -hmm. outwardly not doing well mm -hmm. <laughs> and temperamental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just, uh, yeah, I, I just remember being so angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the, what what were you going through emotionally, uh, realizing that that you was you you different, and your friends not being interested? Mm. Hmm. Did I think I very much felt uh, like an outsider. Mm -hmm. Also, coming home to my parents got divorced right around uh, right around that time, so coming home to a white mom, not really knowing uh, what was going on. Not really, I didn't know myself. Mm -hmm. I think I felt, I've always felt very uh, lost in that sense. Like I don't have a place to be. Because mm -hmm. I've always felt like a stranger wherever I was. Mm -hmm. Even at home, even at school. Uh, when I was in Benin, like I just never really had a place for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not to say that that uh, I, I don't also have privileges. Like. I understand that it's just hard for me to acknowledge myself. So I want to be able to take that space without it being problematic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. Mm. A sense of loneliness. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. A sense of uncertainty regarding where you belong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very early on, it was very much a shock. Mm. And... You would think my dad also being mixed that he would have great insights for me, but he's maybe a little bit too emotionally distant mm -hmm. and a bit too uh, disciplinary for my liking, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of hard connecting with him, even though he works with racism, as I told you, mm -hmm. being a professor and anthropologist and all that stuff. You, you would think that I had a base, but, mm -hmm. you know, I just hadn't. He traveled a lot, stuff like that. I... I wish I could have had my loneliness to share at least. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with a parent, you know, you really need that as a kid. Mm, definitely. As someone that you trust and can lean on. Yeah. But I also do think that, you know, no matter how educated you are, <laughs> you know, dealing with your emotions, is just yeah. a very different thing. You very know? different. It's very different than reading a book, studying mm -hmm. something, you know, educating people, like sitting down with your emotions. Ooh. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, spicy. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I surf those waves on a daily basis and it's just like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's not easy. No, it really isn't. And, you know, when we talk about racism, it's really challenging because most of us, we don't have a person we can turn to. Yeah. Also, you know? the entire, uh, especially where we live, like being so dismissive of our feelings. Mm -hmm. I mean, Denmark is not the place to be black, let me tell mm -hmm. you. <laughs> uh, if you want to be white and, and vote a bit on the right wing, then yes, it's for you, baby. Come mm -hmm. here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think when you're also, you've, you're, you're not being met in the, 
and when you go out you're not being met at home you're not being met anywhere yeah it just ends up making you feel isolated yeah yeah because you're left to deal with everything on your own yeah and that's really challenging yeah that's definitely why i'm so avoidant leaning like mm. when i feel when i'm scared of something bah, i'm gonna take a time out yeah you won't see me in a couple of days yeah <laughs> for a couple of days yeah I definitely um, recognize that in myself too, yeah. and I am practicing like reaching reaching out for help more because I know how important community yeah. and co-regulation is. Mm. Um, but it's it's hard when you are conditioned to, you know, just dealing with yeah. things on your own because you're not seen. Um, so what's coming up for me right now is how was it for you to have your mother? that you could not um, speak to yeah. about this? I think she definitely tried. Like, I want to give her credit for that. And mm -hmm. and her now is very different from her uh, 10 years ago. Because now I do go to her. Wow. And, yeah, and she's very, very understanding. And she also, one thing she said that just made it really evident to me that she does get it is that she said, I know I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And... Now I, there's really a trust there and a bond, and she's al always been more emotionally available. Mm -hmm. So, I, and you know, she. I think maybe a lot of people with Afro had this experience, but you know, when you had lice as a kid, mm -hmm. that she would just get cut off. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, I don't want to go to school. I look like a boy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, and and her just not having it because that hair was impossible. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that traumatized me a little bit, <laughs> just the sign of it. But I have talked to her about it and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I just really didn't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she's a winner. She's wow. Yes. I'm very happy that I have her. That's beautiful. Yeah. And she also teaches and she's, she always asks me, are there any Instagrams that you follow that speak on, on like what you experience? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Yeah. And then she said, oh, I, I want to show them to, to the people in my class today. <laughs> wow. <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. So she's she's open yes. and willing to, yes. to learn and understand and, you know, doing her part. So Absolutely. So she also can, you know, support you better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The times where where I felt maybe I had an, an racist, a racist experience and then she would be like, oh, maybe it was a compliment, you know, that typical way. Mm. Now she has completely retracted that and she's like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. But, you know, her, I don't mind people not knowing. I just want them to be open. Mm -hmm. And I'm so lucky that I have her that's so open. Yeah. Because now I can go to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the humbleness and mm. the willingness mm. to learn. Exactly. Is very very beautiful and yeah. something that i would like to see in you know <laughs> many people mm -hmm. unfortunately i don't yeah, see was... <laughs> in that many but i would love to because my experience is when speaking up mm. there's usually this wall this defensiveness And this interpretation that I'm thinking or saying that they are bad people. Yeah. When I call out their racist behavior. It's crazy to think that they just can't say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I often do wish that I was met with more humbleness mm. and 
or is it humility mm. not really knowing what the what the proper word to use is here i think, I think that works the same <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that can be really challenging and i remember you mentioned before you learned that um, facing racism mm. with with anger got you nowhere yeah and we spoke a little bit about this before recording mm. like setting boundaries calling people out on their racist behavior um where as some people they feel like they cannot do that at all because then they will be labeled like too sensitive the angry black woman mm. and so on and i disagree you know i i <laughs> we believe disagree. that we should yes yeah i believe that we should mm. uh obviously pick your battles because it also it also can get really exhausting you know mm. take care of your mental health obviously but also don't take any shit whatsoever no. like stand up for yourself use yeah. your voice speak your truth mm-hmm. um i've started to become more angry again and uh-huh. it feels good yeah it feels so fucking good i swear <laughs> i'm telling you it feels so good to be angry wow i'm like sometimes i get a power trip if i've like spoken up twice or something i'm like Now everything I see, I just want to, you know, spit on it or like be, I'm so, now every time people wrong me, I'm like, ah, you're fucking racist. Yeah. You know, I mean. <laughs> I also do think that there is this social conditioning that if you're angry. It's somehow not valid. Yeah. yeah. Or definitely also in the new age community, like that, well, that's my experience mm. at least. Like it's a then you're low vibe yeah. or you're low conscious or you're, yeah. you're mm. not in control or you don't have any backbone mm. no self-discipline and whatnot yeah and anger can definitely be destructive and sure. harmful and abusive and it can be so very useful yes. and it can be healthy because mm. that's when we feel our boundaries we know this is the limit yeah. and now i'm going to express it I even, know? I even feel like that 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 way of thinking is also perpetrated by some of us. Mm-hmm. Like we we need to be better than be angry. We need to, you know, speak more. Uh, uh, to we need to to try to make white people understand. We need to you know accommodate. We need to mm-hmm. we it it's not time for us to be angry. If we've been angry, mm-hmm. and th- this idea that we can't still be angry, I don't understand. <laughs> like. Mm. If I want to be angry, I'm about to get angry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, your feelings are your feelings. Yeah. And no one can take them from you. You no. know, people will try to police your... Always. How you're feeling. But in my opinion, that's just gaslighting because mm. you feel how you feel. Mm. And, you know, no one can tell you if that's right or wrong. Um, and I'm a firm believer that the issue is not the emotion. It is how you deal with your emotions, you know? And I so. absolutely believe when it comes to racism that speaking up is never wrong. Mm. Obviously, be aware, and this is also like a reminder to myself, <laughs> <laughs> you know, be aware, like, am I shaming right now? Yeah. You know, because the thing is that when we experience being shamed, I believe our nervous system goes into fight or flight yeah. and we cannot receive the message. Mm. We cannot receive it on a heart level. Yeah. 
because we feel attacked yeah and then obviously we're going to become defensive yeah and I and I say this with deep humility because I have most definitely shamed white people. I've shamed the <laughs> shit out of them. I do it too. I'm guilty. <laughs> Put me in jail. I know I have. I've done it in my ignorance. I've yeah. done it in my rage. Yeah. yeah, I take full responsibility for that. But I also understand like, okay, Jaslyn, you have a message here you want to get mm. through. How do you think it's going for you, babe, when you are shaming the shit out of people? Do you think the, you think the message is going to land? Probably not. Yeah. Sometimes do you feel like, does everything have to be productive? Do you not sometimes just feel like, you know what, I'm going to take what's mine. I'm going to shame them. I'm going to do my stuff. It doesn't always have to be productive. Or do you want it to be? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Either, Yeah. There's you like know? this idea that we have to fix everything by being mm-hmm. those who are not angry or mm-hmm. who can be angry in a right way. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like we can just be angry. Mm-hmm. It's not up to us anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so tired of everything having to be productive. I think that's why I'm also so hard of my, on myself. Mm-hmm. I need to find a right way to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. I can just mm-hmm. be angry for one day and then I've dealt with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also do believe I'm I'm very conscious of using you know, like something is, this is the right way. This is the wrong way mm. because there's no such thing. I am I don't know if there's such thing, mm. but I just, I just, I'm practicing like questioning everything. Like, is it really, is it really wrong? Is mm. it really right? Who said so? Where so does healthy. that come from? Yeah, I, is it so written healthy. in stone? Yeah. Like, did you get it delivered from yes. God? Like who told you yes. that this is, this is the way or this is the wrong way? You know, <laughs> it's a, I have, it reminds me, my, I have also a small, uh, a smaller sister. Um, she's like five or six, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I was drawing with her. We have the same dad. I was drawing with her mm-hmm. um, and she also has a white mom. So we look similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drawing this like beautiful um, coloring in this beautiful coloring book. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, I want skin. Co- I want the skin color one. And I was like, which one is that? Mm-hmm and and it's like oh that one and we know all we all know which one she chose mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was like mm, why is that skin color i don't feel like we look like that i don't feel like our dad looks like that she was like mm, but that skin color and mm-hmm. i was like hmm, it's not even your mom's skin color your mom is more white and she was like white <laughs> she's not white um and i think she just because she doesn't un- white she sees it as the the paper mm-hmm. paper white not the person white Mm -hmm. and it was just she was so sure that this was skin color Mm -hmm. like i could not convince her Mm -hmm. and i was like babe is it written in stone like exactly as you Mm -hmm. just said why are you so convinced Mm -hmm. and it's just i know it's like a a typical story but just reminded me how early it started because it was the same for me Mm -hmm. and her being so determined that this is skin color Mm -hmm. i was like "Hmm, i don't think that's my skin color Mm -hmm. i just kept reiterating yeah uh and she's always wanted to have blonde, long hair like Elsa mm. and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, the other kids say that my hair is ugly. And she has the same hair as me as also. Mm. And um, and then I started on a whole rampage on like uh, Tiana, the, the Disney princess that's black. Mm. <laughs> um, and I was like, it was my background. I was being very open about this is my favorite <laughs> Disney princess. <laughs> and then uh, she's like, oh. 
I want to dress like her. And I was like, hmm. So I gave her one and <laughs> a Christmas present. Then she wore it so much. Yeah. Wow. But I can definitely feel when I haven't been with her for a while because then, wow. Yeah. That you can just hear that she's been around white people. Like, I can't say it in any other way. No, it's okay. Yeah. The, or ignorant white people, if I want to be yeah. more nuanced. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely conditioning. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. It's definitely so conditioning. Yeah. And, you know, we, uh, my, my belief is, my understanding is that we are all conditioned by the, the same system, you know. Uh, no matter race, gender, anything. We're all conditioned by the system. Mm. So obviously, we, we, it starts from the moment we come into this world. Yeah. And, you know, if you tell someone that the, the color green is pink <laughs> their entire life mm -hmm. and then you point out, you do know that it's actually not pink, it's yeah. actually green there, obviously they're going to be like, yeah. what? What? That's pink. What no, is it's all? green. Mm. You're then, lying. Then, then yeah. what does pink look like? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and that's something I have in the back of my, in my, my mind when I... Uh, communicate with 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 white people and uh, do my best mm -hmm. to set healthy boundaries mm -hmm. let me say it that way um is like remembering hopefully i hope mm. that we are doing the best that we can and remembering yeah. you know not remembering but like show, showing grace mm -hmm. um for the ignorance okay it's like okay you we're all being conditioned yeah and now I'm going to point out yeah. what the real color is. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Uh, That's right. I, I don't go around with a vengeance either. Like, I'm not angry at every white person I see. Mm. But I will definitely, if one white person does something, I do say white people. And I don't care if it's not productive. I don't care if it's... Mm -hmm. I, it's just for me. I'm not out here. Mm -hmm. I'm not a politician saying stupid shit. Like, I would have more nuance mm -hmm. if if I you know, mm -hmm. didn't only speak to my mm -hmm. friends and <laughs> my, my Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a balance trying to be healthy and also sometimes just not caring. Is it healthy mm -hmm. just to just say, meh, whatever. 100, yeah. 100%, you know, because, you know, white gaze, mm. that's a thing. And I'm also aware of that. Yeah. But I'm also very much human thinking that other people are humans mm. and that we're all yeah showing them that it you can trying. be ignorant it's okay babe mm. just be open yeah mm. yeah I, yeah as i usually say like once i do point out your blind spots mm. please do something about mm. them um where i get really where i get defensive and feel really challenged is when the response is uh, defensiveness mm. and oh you're saying i'm a bad human being and they start pointing the finger that's very challenging for me yeah. because I'm, I'm i'm not coming from a place of maliciousness no. i'm coming from a place of you're hurting me right mm. now with your mm. behavior it's unacceptable yeah. and i want you to stop and this is why 
and now you have the audacity to turn around and point the finger at me like nope no I don't that think does so. not sit well with me and obviously I'm gonna have an attitude about that when like when I'm driving statistically I'll just say that the driver is white I just say, oh, white people when somebody drives like shit because and then in my head I'm just fine statistically it's right because when we're in Denmark <laughs> it's just like oh, white people uh, and I remember my my boyfriend he uh, he's also mixed and he he just he drives like i do he's a bit like ugh, i feel like road rage is turning into my place where i can you know <laughs> just be so into my anger and you know it's so healthy for me because mm -hmm. i'm not outwardly saying anything i'm not hurting people's feelings and i drive perfectly fine mm -hmm. you know it's just for me mm -hmm. and sometimes i have the music cranked up and i'm just like Fuck you, fuck you, fuck yeah. you, fuck oh, you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Get in, get <laughs> yes. in the rage Statistically, zone. fuck you, white people, statistically. Yes, get in the rage <laughs> zone. But also, you know what? You know what I'm thinking when you're explaining that is self-preservation. Mm. We need to do things so we do not go, Yeah. you know. True. And I think also maybe now when I'm saying I'm realizing I do have a space for myself where mm -hmm. I'm not one or the other i'm just me and mm. that might be in my car mm. blasting music and saying fuck these white people mm -hmm. and it also might be in my bed when i'm like saying oh this is so sad for this white person like harry for example mm. harry and Meghan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh oh yeah. i'm so sorry for you you've been through a lot yeah um, so you know i have the duality and i have places where i can actually be myself mm -hmm. where there's no label to to being myself yeah yeah And it's so important for our mental health that we allow that we allow ourselves mm. these times where we can express ourselves exactly mm. as we feel, yeah, not without doing yeah. any harm. So it's like no filter, just yeah, yeah. It's like making a conscious choice mm. to be rageful yes. without doing any harm. Yeah. And uh, I definitely have this with a, with a friend. Mm where I, our humor is very very dark yeah. and twisted <laughs> and i i just i hope no one ever it listens yeah what that's we what say I feel in my because it, it's so disturbing <laughs> yes. but we laugh yeah we laugh yeah. so much and like tears yes down okay. my cheeks oh my and it's just rage yeah. and it's you know all the pain we have inside but mm. it's so important yeah And even research proves this, that inviting humor and yes. um, looking through um, a humorous lens mm. of the pain you're sitting in, the, the shit you're going yeah. through, it makes a difference, yeah. you know? So high five on allowing <laughs> yourself so, yeah. to just road rage <laughs> and sit screaming at white people in your car. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> you know, I applaud you. Yeah. <laughs> What a great so gift. Cool. Yeah. I've, the, I've actually the, the the humor thing i sometimes laugh when when you know the white gaze mm -hmm. uh, like if i'm shopping or something and i i feel that white gaze i i look at them and then i laugh like i i mm -hmm. just remembered how so if i turn my back a little bit i'll laugh a bit more uh, mm -hmm. you know for myself but i i just remember chuckling because i'm like you're so stupid mm -hmm. like imagine having the energy to do that towards other people like mm -hmm. whatever yeah so in that way it's The microaggression ha have definitely affected me less and less throughout the years, but mm -hmm. there are blowouts where I just can't fucking handle it. Mm. Like, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. I don't need 10 looks when I'm going out 
then I just want to stay home and mm. not talk to anybody, be in my bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard kind of getting out of that rut and feeling confident that, you know, you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why we drive in cars. That's why we, <laughs> that's why I drive. Yeah. And I don't mind driving all the way here because I was like, let me be in my own zone. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I have my little safe thing that beeps if I'm driving too fast and stuff. So I know I'm aware. <laughs> so amidst your rage, yeah. uh, your road rage, you may get a little reminder, oh, you need to slow down now yes. so uh, you don't kill yeah, yourself and exactly. anyone else in the process. <laughs> I love when I get, I, and the way, I'm, when I'm in that headspace and it beeps, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm doing stuff, yeah. babe. It's mental health, isn't it? You're interrupting me. <laughs> yeah. Let me just uh, go on this rant and yes. uh, have a full-blown yes. meltdown in my car. <laughs> you know? And then when you step out of your car, you can be like, when someone does do something racist, mm. you can be like, oh, I ain't got time for you. No, you I know, don't. yeah, I've, I've experienced that too, yeah. that I don't even get rageful. I get more so like, no, babe, I, I don't have time for you. Yeah. You're just not worth my time, you know, and that's also an empowering. Um, it's very empowering to experience being in that mindset, mindset, yeah. uh, headspace, mm-hmm. um, because not everything deserves your a reaction. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely practicing like, when, when do I say something? When, when do I not? Mm. When, how do I say? Mm. It's very much about how and my tone. <laughs> um, more so for my own sake and not because I don't, I, not because I'm afraid of like having some kind of label thrown my way because I know that the, that also can be a, uh, Mm. is it a projection or definitely yeah. a defensive mechanism yeah. because they know mm-hmm. that if they say oh you're aggressive or yes. you're too sensitive or yeah. you're the angry black woman they they know that will make you feel that's gonna make me feel some yeah. kind of way and yeah. um may, maybe make me feel inferior mm. and small yeah you know that, because yeah. it's it's gaslighting that's mm. what it is <laughs> And, you know, I do not consent into any of that. No. You know, I know straight away yeah. if someone is gaslighting me. You've also so. been through it. I feel like you see the signs mm-hmm. like they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I'm sure you internalize it as well sometimes when you're not in your strongest. Oh, you're yeah. like, oh, wait, did I? Do, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's conditioning too, mm. you know. You know, what, is, yeah. what, we exper- what we experience a lot, especially as children that becomes our inner critic. Mm. It becomes that inner voice, you know? So yeah, for sure. I, I self gaslight. I think most people do, (laughs) if not everyone at some point in their life, like question themselves. So I'm really practicing returning back to what is my truth. And then I, I really don't care, you know, if you think that I'm too sensitive or whatever, this is my boundary, respect it or, if you don't, mm. we're going to have an issue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're about to. <laughs> I'm going to fight you. Yes. <laughs> you know, um. I, I can actually relate to that with because when I do drive and I do get on my A game and I'm like so angry and stuff, it's usually before I've like or after I've paused uh, the music and just said, how, how am I feeling? 
Mm-hmm. Like if you could say something right now to the person who hurt you, what would you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I have to just, and then suddenly, cause I can feel that anxiety. Like I'm not totally settling, settling into the music. I'm like skipping. I don't, not that song, not that mm-hmm. song. Um, but when you're in the right mindset, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> then any song is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So, so I, I need to get to that mindset and usually I have to pause it. And I actually learned this in therapy from mm-hmm. the same therapist mm-hmm. we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where she was, she said that what if you wait with turning on your music for a little bit later? Just give it eight minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eight minutes, Pfft, I can do that mm-hmm. easy. And it was so difficult <laughs> having to sit with my shit for eight minutes and be like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Mm. And mm. and now it's just routine. Like I look forward to having that space where I'm literally just talking to myself. Mm-hmm. And then I can put on the music. Yeah. And boy, do I feel lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the most liberating things that I've experienced in therapy is, you know, my therapist, she, we, we don't have the same therapist anymore. No, yeah. um, <laughs> but my therapist, she allows me, okay, so if this person was in front of you right now, what, what does your body want to do? Like, what mm. do, does it want to do you want to slap them mm-hmm. you want to smack them across the face do you want to <laughs> spit on them like what do you want to do and what mm. do you want to say and it's amazing because I don't have to filter myself no. I can just go completely bananas mm. and revel in it and yeah have fun with it yeah you know and and that also removes a lot of shame about Definitely. feeling these heavier mm. emotions as anger mm. um it, it makes it a bit more bear, uh, bearable and mm. also because she creates this safe space where it's okay for me to have whatever yeah. expression i want yeah. without filtering myself um so yeah i definitely push people off the cliffs kick them <laughs> in the nuts oh my god pull the hair spit oh, on them smack dream. them across the face <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely working on my anger in therapy and I'm having fun with it. It's, yeah. uh, it's amazing. Yes. Who um, knew anger could be this productive and this funny, huh? You <laughs> 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 love yeah. to be angry. I do. You love to be angry? Yeah. I need, I just started to own it and you definitely pushed me because Ooh. I remember the first time I, I met you I was like this bitch is gonna end me with her eyes I was like she is miles ahead of us all I really had that feeling I was like she could just you remember I said that uh, I think at the last time the, the group setting a therapy right I, I said I, I remember just feeling like you could kill me with your eyes like, yeah and you know I was intimidated babe let me tell you yeah so um <laughs> I definitely got a nudge from that and seeing how strong and confident you were in being angry, because I don't think I've seen that, mm-hmm. like the confidence in being angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it is a compliment. It's a huge compliment. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I really take that to heart as someone that my anger, I've dealt with it in a very unhealthy way for many, mm. many years and been very, very destructive and inflicted a lot of harm on others and myself Uh, that's a huge compliment (laughs) so thank you very much and um yeah I've I've heard it from others too that they felt really empowered being around me and seeing how I work with my anger and how I express it 
but I also see as the anger can be an expression of self-love mm. because you know that what is happening to you, you do not deserve that. You deserve yeah. better. So why would I not express my boundaries yeah. and tell people mm. to buzz off mm. and move out of my space? Yeah, bye. You know? Mm. Um, it's, so in, it's so important that we know our worth and that we, you know, we own it yeah. and take up that space yeah. instead of letting people walk all over mm -hmm. us. And... That's the, that's the thing, probably the thing I find most challenging about, you know, experiencing racism is by expressing exactly how I feel yeah. and then the backlash that comes oh. with it and the, you know, the gaslighting mm. and the shaming. Um, I, I think I've taught myself, trained myself to be confident, to mm. be secure when that happens. Yeah. Because you can That's easily cool. become insecure. Oh, so easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole world is telling you to be. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And just, I often feel like if you are a powerful woman and you choose to use your voice and you do it in a way, you're going, you're quickly going to be labeled as the angry black woman. Oh, she's difficult. Yeah. Oh, she's very complex. A lot of temper, mm -hmm. sensitive, so mm -hmm. sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Can't you take a joke? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's all gaslighting, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but yeah, um, and yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. But we're doing the work. We're showing yeah, up. Look at us. We're working through it. that. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Amanda, mm -hmm. is there anything you would like to share? As we come to an end. Hmm. I think. I would want to talk a little bit more about. Uh, the whole Megan and Harry thing. But I don't know if. Uh, if we have time for that. <laughs> oh we do. Oh, we do. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, just because it brought up so much shit. In everybody I think. Mm -hmm. Both a lot of people feeling like they were so privileged that, that they, they didn't really have a right for to, to say all this and to feel all of this and to have a platform like that. Wow. I mean, so, so tone deaf, really. And mm -hmm. then there's the other side where I think I'm land where I've landed is that I do feel bad for them. I don't care how much money they got, how much privilege they got. I can see that and also still feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. And um, it just... Uh, the whole Megan growing up and not having the race talk. Um, to some people, it feels outrageous, but somehow I kind of get it because mm -hmm. I didn't have an explicit ra <laughs> uh, race talk, but I definitely experienced racism as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think both things can exist. It doesn't mean you're too privileged to... I don't think you can be too privileged to experience racism, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? But, but yeah, I think... Um, We talked about how there was a podcast, a uh, Danish one, where they they spoke about it, and I felt like they really just didn't hold space for what happened, and didn't really acknowledge it for what it was, which was really racist. All that Megan experienced, and I understand that she is pretty, she is light skin, her hair is uh, uh, like I don't know if it's relaxed or whatever, because I saw when she was a child she had curls and afro, mm -hmm. so I don't know. It looks relaxed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I mean, how could someone like her experience racism? Mm -hmm. And it's just, 
I feel like from our own community, I've just been lacking that type of understanding. Mm-hmm. And also because it's sensitive and I, I'm all the time trying not to invalidate my feelings for them to this podcast and other people to invalidate mm-hmm. what Megan went through. It just hit something. Mm-hmm. I was like so angry. I was, again, really angry. Mm-hmm. And it was just hard for me to understand um, what the purpose with that was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a, like I need to be right or I need to... I mean, uh, mixed people have had so much space and, and light skin. Have, I mean, do they really need another platform? Do they mm-hmm. really need all of this? Mm-hmm. And I can't answer that, but uh, I just it made me feel, yeah, angry and just sad. And I think it just reaffirmed that I don't have a space for me mm-hmm. unless it's in my car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really just wanted to hit on that thing because I think that is also within the mixed experience is that you really will be invalidated. You will do it to yourself. Other people will do it to to you. It can be both uh, black people and white people. Mm. I mean, at the same time, a white person has been racist towards me. They've also told me that I'm not that black. (laughs) You know, I'm like, oh, you just said the N word and now you're telling me I'm not that black. That's awesome. Let me digest that. Mm. (laughs) It feeds right into my own shit. And also from black people, in a way, I don't, I don't know what word can be used for, for this. But sometimes I feel like they gatekeep the black experience, mm-hmm. or at least they make it feel like there's only one way to be the right type black. of black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is there really that, or mm-hmm. is everything also still a construct? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've mixed friends who are darker than Beyonce, but they still make stain as black as her. Mm-hmm. But we claim Beyonce as this black goddess. But then who was on top from Destiny's Child? It was Beyonce, colorism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they even acknowledged that. I think her family acknowledged that, oh, that might be the reason why she had so much more success was because that was because of colorism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, it's just funny to me that she can get so much acknowledgement as a black person, but people who look like her can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because they're mixed. Yeah. Or, yeah, in a way, not black enough. Like, I'll have my, my an actual doctor, a person who has, uh, I mean, so much, again, <laughs> uh, school and education doesn't really play into racism, apparently, but so much, uh, such a long form of education as being a doctor, mm-hmm. and specifically a back doctor, mm-hmm. telling me that my back pro- problems were related to me being West African. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, I was 17 and I was, I could not, uh, like I couldn't put on my shoes without just going into tears. There was so, it was so hurtful what mm-hmm. was going on in my back and they couldn't figure out what they, what, what, what it was. So they said, you know, I mean, a lot of, uh, West Africans have very straight backs. So you have a very straight back. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just. I was standing in my underwear. They have to see you walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was standing in like my underwear and my mom was there. I was just, okay, so I have a West African back. Mm-hmm. So I'm just in pain forever or what? And it's because of my race. How can you say, how can you uh, place a ho- like a whole slot of countries within the same thing? Mm-hmm. You can't say, oh, you have an European uh, a body. <laughs> like there's no, or like a belly, a European <laughs> arm or hand. There's no mm-hmm. such thing. 
we mm-hmm. we all are different and it's the i mean it was just so outrageous but i didn't really get it that time no so a couple of years later when they finally did figure out i went to other doctors of course mm-hmm. and they were like oh you have this thing called uh morbus sherman mm-hmm. and i was like okay um and i and it's basically my back is is straight but also goes forward in the in my upper body uh-huh. so like i'm twisted yeah. that way yeah mm-hmm. um and me showing with my hands nobody being able to see <laughs> but you got it you got, I got it, it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> uh, but yeah and then i remember telling my family and they're like oh your granddad had that your white granddad had that oh and it's fucking her- it's uh her- hereditary like when it, when it goes yeah. through generation yeah i was just like uh my back problems come from from my white granddad really yeah from your white granddaddy and they have a record of this i was like why didn't you check you just told me i had a black back literally (laughs) (laughs) and i was like if i had been a white girl in pain they would have taken me more seriously yeah like because they just sent me home yeah uh what does it even mean to have a black back i mean i just this guy was playing a different field i swear because I'm a I'm a tough bitch. I like I went home, looked it up, <laughs> looked it up, and there is no such thing. Lower back pain. You can attribute that to every country ever. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I mean, it's kind of like when when white people attribute your athleticism or anything that, or like your your rhythm to being black. Mm-hmm. No, babe. I danced for years. I worked out for years. Uh, uh, like it's not about me being black. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in, that's uh, like to continue on on that note was uh, I w- mentioned it because it's weird to me that I can have that experience, mm-hmm. but also I have a hard time finding room for where I can express that experience. Yeah. Without it being oh, but you have so much privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that this still happened. Yeah. Yeah, and both things can exist at the same time. Absolutely, like we I, live in a world of paradoxes. You yes. know, it all it coexists. Yeah. You know. It's not black and white. No. So it absolutely makes sense to me that by seeing the 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 Meg and Harry documentary that you would become triggered, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you see so much of your own experience yeah. in their story. For sure. So I I completely I I see you. Yeah. You know? Thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it really helps. Uh, also, I mean, you know, it's a little pat on my re- resume that you. Being you, looking the way you do, telling me it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me feel like, oh, it mm-hmm. is okay. Because <laughs> I can have, my boyfriend's mixed and he can tell me that, that it's okay. And he was also outraged by this podcast talking about Megan and Harry. He was like, why are you listening to that shit? Mm. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I need to know so I can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I feel like he's also validating the way I feel because he loves me, of mm. course. But to hear it from somebody like you, mm. who have a different life experience and can still be there to say, oh, I see you. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, mm. 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 I do. My tummy do. feels good. <laughs> I truly do. I see you. <laughs> you too, babe. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, Amanda, is there anything you would like, a message or something you'd like to say to the audience that they can take with them from this episode? Yeah. I think just relaying on what we talked about, it's okay to feel whatever you might be feeling. It can be anger. It can be sadness. I want people to own their feelings. I'm saying it as a mental note to myself as well. Just own it. 
I don't care. It's the same thing when when something happens and I'm like sad for a day. I don't need people to tell me, oh, it's gonna be better. No, it's not. It's shitty and it's shitty right now. I need you to tell me it's <laughs> shit. <laughs> so so I want. Uh, I hope that people can allow themselves to feel that way, whatever which way it is, and with it, whichever w way it is. And yeah, even if you're mixed, you can also experience racism. And even if you're uh, dark skin, you can also experience being called the white one. I mean, there's room and space for this. Please take the time to heal yourself. Beautiful. I absolutely love that message. Did you get that, everyone? <laughs> your experience matters. It does. Your experience is your experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Amanda. <laughs> I feel really, really grateful. Yeah. And yeah, you're my first. You're my first. <laughs> it's you, so exciting. Uh, you popped my, uh, what's it called, podcast <laughs> cherry. cherry. Pop. <laughs> so yeah. that's uh, beautiful. I was so nervous in the beginning and now yeah, I feel like too. I'm settling down to it. I oh, I'm still nervous. Uh, yeah, there's still a little bit in your tummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And thank you, everyone, for listening. And very yeah, grateful. We love you. <laughs> yes, thank you. And see you next time. That was it for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate our chemical voices and share this episode on your social media. If you would like to guest on the podcast or share your story anonymously, please find the link in the episode description. Until next time.